sometimes I feel I don't know. I don't know. There's not really time to relax and take an espresso for Juventus. <laughs> you don't have to get a bitch. You don't have to get a bitch. Attaccare! always presets into your car the, the opera channel that's I always the preset a, I thought this was ABC Classic but um, no. good to be here anyway no, uh, no, ahead of a, a, well, after a very exciting weekend of European football and ahead of an even better one that's coming up this weekend. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, yes, you are listening to the Euro Show here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Nick Devano, Lockie Flanagan. There's only a couple more weeks of European there football is. this season. It's been a big year. The first real season of normality in quite some time. I mean, an elements of normality um, in amongst the COVID situation, but with fans back in the stadiums and everything else, we're getting to the crescendo of what's been some enthralling seasons all around the continent. Um, today on the show, obviously, with no EPL show, we will talk about the Premier League title race yeah, and also, yep, and a little bit about the relegation battle as well. But the only other Serie A, to- uh, Serie A title race I've given a spoiler. The other title race that is going is in the Serie A. Uh, Milan and Inter still going head to head. We did say it's looking likely that it's going to the final day, and well. It sure is, ladies and gentlemen. It will go right down to the wire after Milan and Inter both won this morning. But also we will talk a little bit about Anne. She's wrapped up the Scottish Premier League title. Um, We'll look ahead to this weekend and this week. We've got the Europa League final this week. We've got some big Premier League fixtures. And we've also got, well, on top of all that, the Scottish Cup final too. Oh, boy. Uh, I am so looking forward to that. I'm, I'm going to the Imp. What time? 12 o'clock, Saturday 12 night. A. 12 a.m. Saturday night. Nope. Heart supporters in Melbourne, if you are listening, uh, I'm probably just speaking to myself here, but we will be at the Imperial that evening. The Hearts fans have got our own little room, the, a projector. Do you need a so, book? Uh, no, I think you can can come down on the evening. I'll double check that. But anyone who's just interested, even if you're not a Hearts fan, if you're an anti-Rangers fan, yep. if you're just anything except Rangers, and that's what you're there for, uh, come on down because it, it will be... A very fun night, and uh, I will be there. Nick may also be I there. I was just said. I was about to say you're, you're twisting my arms like if, very if, slightly. If you, if you want the chance to uh, to meet some of these these FNR faces in the flesh, which may be disappointing, but anyway, uh, you can do it this Saturday night. At least one will be there. Maybe not an exciting one, but one nonetheless. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I've got work that night because that is the victory Western United second leg, and that's at five o'clock. So. 
barring it doesn't go to extra time, yeah. barring I, mean, I get out at a and godly knowing, hour. Knowing the extra extra interviews you do come finals time, yes. it will be cutting it close. Well, um, I didn't get out of Amy Park on Saturday until 1... I didn't get home until after 1am. It was a late yeah. night because, you know, we had press conferences and we had to wait for Jamie Young to get out of his ice bath and come in and do the presser and then you go back, you file... And you'd, you have quite a lot of, you'd have quite a lot of dead time in, in between. between press guys. You know, you know what you could do during that dead time, Nick, if you were savvy? Uh, mm. You could have enrolled for a, uh, a course at JS. Yes, absolutely right. Well, this show is brought to you by the Global Institute of Sport, GIS. Now, what is GIS? Do you want to know more about GIS? Well, if you haven't heard the ads, they are the global leader in sport. Uh, you know, obviously you can launch a global career in the football industry if you head over there, uh, study a master's degree in football business or their new course in football coaching and analysis. And if you're based in Australia or based in Melbourne, even better, you can do the course right here at mm. the MCG. But if you're based abroad, if you're one of the And, and if you are planning to move abroad as absolutely. well, if that's something that interests you. Yeah, if you're looking to move to the UK, you can even might be moved to Manchester. Great, you can do it at Etihad Stadium. But if you plan to move to London, what better place than doing it at the home of, you know, home of English football, Wembley Stadium. Yeah, and it's it, it's the perfect opportunity to do, uh, since my introduction into the show, my now weekly Tom Fluker-Barker update as well. Tom, a former FNR uh, employee and a GIS graduate, uh, whose uh, own journey you could very much mirror if you wanted to be a part of GIS. He uh, posted a little Instagram story yesterday, I Nick, did see that. Uh, from, from Cassie... Cassiaberry Park mm. in, uh, just, just near near Watford, so yep. in, the, in the north of London. And it looked beautiful. It did. That could be the kind of park that you, dear listener or viewer, could stroll through on your Sunday when you've got the day off from your classes at JS. Yeah, go have a picnic. It's not that go far up from, from Wembley, you know. Catch the train up there. Yeah, it's the, it's the right time of the year. We're heading into the European summer. This is a great time to be heading over to, to um, Europe, but... We might be heading into a Milan summer as well. Oh, Nick. absolutely. But if you want to know more, head over to gis.sport slash FNR. Apply now and you can start. Unfortunately, applications for this summer are over, but you can look towards next year, February 2023. All applications are open. So head over to gis.sport slash FNR for more information. But Lockie, you teased it. It's definitely going to be a Milan summer. But will it be a red Milan summer or a blue Milan summer? That's the question. It's, it's a Milan summer, but for who, Chris, Chris Kamara? <laughs> Maybe, uh, but for who, Tiziano Crudelli? Yeah. But uh, this morning was enthralling, to say the least. Um, Milan and Atalanta kicked off sort of the, the smorgasbord of action. They were on at 2 a.m. Melbourne time. Uh, beautiful day in Milan. It was a really warm day. There were 200,000 requests for tickets. Now, the Sunset will only fit 75,000 under their revised capacity. So think about it. It was filled to the brim. Milan fans tried to use the, try to do a bit of what Melbourne Victory fans did uh, with the City fans the other day and oh, use the away team member codes. But the Sunset or ticketing agency was savvy to it yeah. and they forced the Milan fans to, they, they actually took the tickets away from them and said, no, we have to give them to the Atalanta fans. We have to be yeah. fair. They're still playing for something, albeit it's only Europa League. It's still something. You have to make it somewhat I'm, fair. I'm very glad you brought that up because I was my next question was going to be of that 200,000 that applied, what percentage of that <laughs> were interference well, trying to run every, interference? Every... Um, was an unintended pun, interference. Every... every uh, well, actually, no, they weren't interference. They were Milan fans. They were just Milan fans wanting to steal the away oh. fans' ticket to make it 100% Milan 
AC Milan supporters. Okay, that, that's even better. And when they were panning through the crowd last night, I just looked at every single one of them and went, you're lucky, you're lucky, you're lucky, because it's like getting the golden ticket for this situation. It it's like getting a grand final ticket back here. So it was it was set up to be a blockbuster game, Milan's last home game of the season against a local rival, Atalanta being in Bergamo, very close to Milan. I mean, played in the, yes. the San Siro as their home. Yes, a, a game that you actually saw. I can't believe you saw, went to the San Siro before me. But anyways, that's anyway, a topic for another day. Let's not fight on it. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, anyways, so it, 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 there was a lot riding on this game because, quite frankly, Milan wins. It forces Inter into having to win in Sardinia later in the day. A loss, it opens up the door for Inter to leapfrog them. A draw, while Milan's still in control of their destiny, but it makes things very tight on the final day. Now, in the first half, it was looking very much like we are heading for a nil-nil draw. It was a very tight game. It was Mm. open, but there weren't many chances. The final ball was letting down for both teams. But after halftime, the game exploded. And the first goal from Rafael Liao, and it just had to be Rafael Liao, um... The counterattack starting from what could have easily been a foul. Well, I was going to... Yes. Yeah, I was going to say It's a bit of a stroke of fortune because, as I've said plenty of times on this, on this show, Milan have been on the raw end of some terrible refereeing decisions. Their last loss against Spezia, if you remember, when the game was 1-1, yeah. you know, Messias scored, but then they didn't pay the advantage, so it came back for a free kick. Yeah. And from the resulting free kick, Spezzi went up the other way and scored yeah, the winner. Look, maybe, maybe this is a, a case of, of the universe balancing itself out. I have to say, on first viewing, when, when Kalulu... Yes. You know, come, he, cause it, it's kind of a weird one because he overcommits before Persina kind yeah. of receives the ball. He, he gets his positioning wrong yeah. and sort of has to readjust after he's made the initial error. And it would be very... You know, Pacino made the most of the contact, that's yeah. for sure. There wasn't really a tangle of legs as uh, as much as there was a sort of coming through the back of, yeah. you know, Pacino yeah. by Kalulu. Uh, referee very could have could have very easily punished his, yeah. uh, you know, initial overcommitting and then the contact. But I think he eventually sided with the idea or the notion that Pacino made the most of what was there and maybe a little bit too much relative to the actual contact. And I must say, watching it back... Uh, uh, right before this show on like 0.25 speed on the YouTube highlights, I think it was I think it was the right call. Yeah, I, I look I they, was, they they thoroughly checked it on the VAR yeah. afterwards, and Daniele Del Sato said no. That's and it's, and if there was a if there was a tangle of legs between the two players because Kalu has his leg out but doesn't actually collect mm. Pacino with that leg at all. If that was the coming together, then yeah, sure, absolutely. But it was just the two bodies that that collided with one another, and. Uh, Pacino was going down as soon as he felt yeah. the contact. Like it was, it was instantaneous. So, it was controversial. Yeah, I, I thought there was a, a con- maybe a, a maybe a similar controversial decision in the Inter game that we can talk about yes, as well. We can, we can. But I think it was probably the right call. And you mentioned the finish from from Rafa. Of course, it, it had to be him. But what a ball over from the Junior Messias. Yeah, like the little dink, like just yeah. chip the ball. I mean, up we, for we were him. talking about all the 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 money ball players that Milan have brought yeah. in over the years last week and. No, well, Macias was the, the Macias last is the one we is the ultimate up. money ball signing, but there, he and, it, not, and it was a money ball that he played over yeah. the top for Rafa. Well, Macias, I mean, everyone's heard his story about you know coming from being you know delivering boxes only a few years ago, playing amateur on the streets of Italy to making this rags to riches story through his time in the lower leagues and Crotone last season. Um, for him personally, though, it's it's a big moment for him because he is battling for a permanent deal. Being honest here, there's a big chance he might that deal might not get redeemed. And Crotone just got relegated to Serie C, 
So they've been relegated to the third tier of Italian football. And there's an $11 million redemption on that. So it's big money for Crotone if it goes ahead. But Milan, with their ambitions, there's a tough, it's a, it's a tough one to see Messias sticking around. But it was a great ball over the top from him. Liao, I mean, that finish was beautiful. A lovely sort of just slice the ball through the legs of the goalkeeper. Um, and then from there on, it looked like Milan was just in control. Well, that finish from Rafaleo was good. The mm. second goal, though. Oh, my the God. The second goal from now, Theo Hernandez. I'll give, you, I'll give you a bit of context oh. about this goal. So my brother and I got up and watched this game and we were giving strict orders, don't be too loud, you know, <laughs> just for the sake of the other people sleeping in the house, but also for the sake of... Um, also for our neighbours because we've had a few complaints before about that. So Really? Yeah. In the past. God. Like, you know, we, we live in the townhouse, so, you know, like the walls... There's crikey me! I wonder so, yeah. what my um, oh, it, it gets. I wonder what the other tenants of my yeah. apartment block must think so, when I watch Hearts games. So, <laughs> sorry, guys. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I was getting complaints from Milan. I don't know what they'd be thinking if they heard me during a Collingwood game. But anyways, <laughs> um, so anyways, when uh, so there was a period in that second half after that where Atalanta started pushing for an equaliser and was getting a bit nervy. They brought Duvin Zapata on. They brought Malinovsky on. And I was thinking, oh, like, this is getting a bit tight. Like, we don't want to mm. be sitting well, back Well, because had that very good chance. <laughs> yes, he did, well, he did. Wide. And um, that was very lucky that didn't go anywhere mm. towards the goal. But Teo Hernandez, that whole play, it started off right at Krunich. Now, kudos to this man. Talking about, you know, out of nowhere, sort of making the most of his opportunity in the last two weeks, he has been brilliant. He's not flashy. Even though he called himself a Kevin De Bruyne-like player when he signed for AC Milan, <laughs> wow! Um, to take the nickname now as the Bosnian Kevin De Bruyne. Goodness me! Um, he's much maligned by Milan fans as a bit of a whipping boy, you know, along with Samu, along with a few others. He's in that bracket, but with Brahim Diaz out of form, with you know, purely reverting to not starting his Malbenas there and playing Kessie further up, but decides to go with Krunic, a, a Stefano Pioli player, no fuss, runs all day. Gets challenges in. His final ball isn't great, but he runs. He runs and he runs and he runs and he runs. In the lead up to that goal, the inch perfect tackle. It was, it was brilliant. To win that ball. And that was the second time he did that in the second half, that to just disrupt the play. To then let Teo Hernandez, who got the ball. Now, Teo Hernandez is one of the quickest players in world football. And in that one passage where he picks up the ball, it's like he was just jogging, jogging. He was getting closer. He's like, okay. If I can get past Coop Miners here. Now, poor Coop Miners has already been burnt by Rafael Liao. Yeah, well, he, he, would, thought, he would have been on, on a card at yeah, the time as and well. Yeah. He was on an island with Teo Hernandez, and Teo Hernandez just went, you know what? This is like a straight in Formula One. I've got an opportunity to overtake here. I'm going to go for P4. <laughs> and he, the DRS. He, he went for it and he burnt past him. But then he had about three defenders around him in close proximity. The, the ability from a left-back to have that precise dribbling, to take on three players, to then get past the three and then put the ball back across the face of goal right into the bottom corner. Yeah. For context, he got the ball on his other, at the edge of the, other, of the Atalanta box and made it all the way to the Milan box and scored. I was, like, whispering, screaming, you know, and you're like, you know, going, come on, come on. Like, I was saying, like, Play it, play it, like please play yeah. it. And then he shot, and it was like, oh my god, he's actually done it. Well, this is the this is the funny thing about about watching that that goal for me as someone who isn't as invested in Milan scoring from every single drive. <laughs> it was qu it was quite an odd one because 
when he receives the, you know, picks up the ball off the slide tackle from from Krunic, he's got so much space in the middle third of the yeah. park that, yeah, he was jogging, but he didn't really need to do anything else other than just kind of, like, even, I think even he didn't know yeah. what, what was going to sort of um, end up being the final outcome because he was kind of just like taking a few, four or five steps forward, I'll kick it a few metres ahead. Yep. He almost looked through the middle third. Mm. I, I was convinced that nothing was going to come off it because going through the middle third of the pass... He's so risky. He, and also, he the way he was just, like, kicking and running and <laughs> kicking and running and no, like, but, attempt to shimmy or anything, yeah. he looked like Rebic. Yeah. He looked like Rebic <laughs> running through the middle, yeah. and I was like, oh, dear, he is going to run into the first defender that gives him any pressure. But then, mm. once he got into the final third, this was... There was no no Ante Rebic to be yeah. found. That that was gone. If that was Rebic, that was gone miles over the bar. Yeah, and then the the, the little shake to the left and then, and then the finish. Well, like, I was, that was unbelievable. I was screaming, saying, play to Rebic, because he was presenting. It was like, because I thought, if he lose possession, we're done on the counter. Like, we yeah, are we yeah. are done on the counter here. Yeah, this game's fair. way too open. Atalanta are going to kill us off the break. But the fact, you, you either you have to either get that shot on target or you're winning a corner... If you're a fullback and you're getting in those areas, the last thing you want to be doing is turning the ball over because against a team like Atalanta, they're going to make you pay. So when he got in that area to shoot, if anyone's watched Teo Hernandez over the last... I mean, he's been at Milan since his third season. He's one of the best attacking fullbacks in the world for that reason. And I think... I remember for a long time, I used to really roll up Nick Hughes by saying Teo Hernandez is the best left back in the world. This was a, a while ago. We I it's have to bit, say... Anyway. I have to say... Teo Hernandez is not far off Andy Robertson right now. If like let's like let's take the Liverpool Premier League bias hat off here because they're probably people who look at it through the lens of the Premier League. This is not taking anything away from Andy Robertson. It's not taking anything away from Kieran Tierney. It's not taking anything away from the FIFA merchants who love David Alaba for for so long. But Teo Hernandez needs to get his roses. He needs to get the credit he deserves. And unfortunately, because he plays in Serie A. If he played for, for Manchester United or he played for City or if he played for Liverpool or even if he played for PSG or Real Madrid, I can go all day about teams he could play for. People would be saying this guy is the best left back in the world mainly because you'd have the younger audience saying, look at this guy on FIFA. He's got 95 pace. He can shoot as well. He's an absolute star. We've all been there. I remember in high school when David Alaba burst onto the scene. It was like, who is this guy? He's a freak. People would probably think the same about Teo Hernandez. This guy went into the France lineup in the Nations League, made his debut, and his impact was basically transformative. Well, you were sit- left there to wonder why it had taken him so long. When to you have Adrian Rabiot yeah. starting at left wing back in that game where they got eliminated against Switzerland, the Euros. Yeah, this guy is an unbelievable player, and the best thing about it is he's committed his future to Milan until twenty twenty six. He's a guy that he's settled at Milan. He has taken the next step, and there's a chip on his shoulder with him. He's a Real- ex Real Madrid player. He got culled. Madrid didn't want him. They, 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 he said, well, you're, you're behind Marcelo. You're behind, well, they end up signing, I think it's Fela Mendy now. Yeah. They left back yeah, yet. Yeah, so there is a chip on his shoulder. There's a chip on his shoulder because he didn't get picked for the Euro squad. There's a chip on his shoulder. It's, had, it's taken him so long to get in the France team. This guy plays high-octane football. All systems go all the time. It can be very dangerous when you're playing off the break, but there are not many fullbacks, left or right back in the world, that have the same impact in attack. Defensively, there are moments he's not great. But going forward, he is, and I'm going to say it, he's the best at that in the entire world. Yeah, I mean, I... I, 
We did say Maybe this is a consequence of me watching slightly less Premier League this season than, than years gone by. But I would struggle to think of a time in recent memory where Andy Robertson certainly provides yeah. a lot on the attacking end but has scored a goal like, like that. that. That's Trent Alexander-Arnold kind. Yeah, yeah. If anyone, that's Trent. That's exactly And I think if I anyone attacking-wise who has a similar input or output, sorry, yeah. is Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, make no mistake, Andy Robertson more than capable of, of, of bringing things forward and helping the attack. But it, it, it's more about contributing for yeah. others. So, you know, this I don't necessarily think he is going to pull out uh, the kind of, you know, come hither, my 10 teammates, let me put you upon my shoulders and I will, will do this well, by myself kind of thing. If you remember when Pioli first signed at Milan, when he first came in, Teo Hernandez was Milan's top goal scorer. They couldn't buy a goal to save themselves unless Teo Hernandez was just saying, fine, I'll do it myself, and literally getting the ball from defence and just going. Or he'd f- pull out an amazing shot from range. He was, I think he scored almost 10 goals in his first season at Milan, yeah. which is unheard of for a left back. Um, and he's only going to get better. He's, I think, 24 years old, which is quite crazy. Um, and to be honest, look, in the end, Milan got the job done. They're one point away now from winning it. They play Sassuolo away, which is another <laughs> very tough game. It's a tough game. But, but again, I, suits Milan. I mean, Sassuolo have nothing to play for. Like they're, Yeah, but they're Milan's bogey they're solid. Well. They're solidly mid-table, but just because they have nothing to play for, they're still one of those one of those teams that are just capable of surprises. Like, I mean, how many times in recent years have we have we seen them pull off a, a shock upset over Juve, well, for they example? they beat us this season. And they, they, beat, they, they, they beat Juve. Yeah. beat you as well. Like, they, they, they are one of the sort of most capable upset kind of sides yeah. in this league. So that is maybe a little bit of a concern, but you don't necessarily... I mean, well, you kind of do need to get the win because a, well, a draw is a enough. Draw, a goal enough. difference... Head-to-head. Is how it ah. works this year, head to head. So because Milan won the derby and ju- there was a draw in the first one. Yeah. Well, there you go. You, so, you, you don't even need yeah. to win this game. We, the, the only disappointing thing for you is that you you would have been hoping that on the final day Sampdoria would need to sort of win yeah, against Inter that, to save themselves, but they are now four points ahead. And of that was the good. hope of Cagliari this morning. And let's get yeah. into it quickly because it was then on Inter's shoulders. They had to win to stay alive. A draw would have. Pass the title to Milan, a win as well would have, uh, for Cagliari, would have, you know, got them out of the relegation zone as mm. well, but also would have kept Sampdoria right in the mix. A draw would have been enough as well because Cagliari actually have the head-to-head on Sampdoria as well. Ah, so when, when we were watching this game, we're thinking, I was thinking, oh, like, will a draw be enough? Will a draw be enough? Check the heads out. I'm like, gosh, like, geez, all right, like, we're on here. This game was, um, look, Inter, Inter were too good in every facet of this game. They flexed and they won the Coppa Italia midweek. It was the perfect situation for an upset because they played 120 minutes in midweek. They'd won. You think maybe it's a bit of a hangover, tired bodies, but they did brilliantly. And it was all off the back of Lautaro Martinez. He's had a brilliant end to this season, up to 21 goals now this year after a really lean start. But there was a moment where things got a little bit tight because Martinez made it 2-0 in the second half. And I looked at my brother and I said, oh, I think I'm going to go back to bed. Like, I have to be up. I have to be out soon. I might get a quick nap in. About to get up. Liko Yanis, the Cagliari centre-back, just fires this audacious effort that gets deflected and falls in. And we're thinking, oh, hold on a second. Fellas, we're on here. Like, there's a game. Yeah. But there was just not enough for Cagliari. Inter were just too strong. Martinez put the game away. In the end, 
in to stay alive for another week. Just keeping Milan honest right now. It could have been four. Goal disallowed early from Milan Skriniar. Um, in the end, they got that that first goal in the end through Damian. But I mean, what, what about that goal? I mean, what, there, were, there, were, there were hands in, you know. Yeah, I think it was a goal. On top of the shoulders. I, I think the thing is he kind of gets up there and gets the header before. Yeah. He's not using the body of the defender to get himself up. He's already yeah. up there and then it's kind of just... It's, it's, of it's a goal. I'm not going to be sour grapes here. I'm not I, gonna I sound was like trying to... I was nah, trying nah, to go nah, nah. I thought I'd just put that I'm little playing, slice of I'm cheese out there so you the, could jump on it. I'm playing the diplomatic route right now. Um, now, Inter were too good. Lautaro Martinez is having an amazing season. Yeah, I mean, the finish for the... The, the, his se- yeah. the second goal was unreal. But, um, and Cranio made some, some decent some good saves, saves as well. Too. It's just disappointing because I thought there was going to be more of a reaction from Cagliari considering Salernitana had dropped points and they had there was a good opportunity for them to get out of the relegation zone heading into the final day. Um, so it is a bit disappointing in that aspect as a Milan fan that it didn't go that way. But in terms of for the neutral, this is the best possible result. We've got a relegation battle right to the final day. We've got a title race going right to the final day. We've got a battle for Europa League spots going right down to the final mm. day. It's exciting stuff. And tonight we'll find out, you know, what the what the time slots are for the final day. It's not like the Premier League where all 10 are on at the same time. They put like the dead rubbers on, you know, <laughs> earlier in the day. Get, get those out. And then way. you'd think that they'll yeah. save. Well, it's funny because it, there's a, a dual thought that I was reading an article that they might not put them on at the same time to bolster ratings. It's a very networks kind of move, like, you know, go double header or like head to head. No, not go head to head, but like go one after the other. Personally, if you're going to do that, give in to the 2 a.m. time slot. I am exhausted today. Like, I am so tired. Like, talking, this is coming from your friends down in Australia in the, in the little pocket on the other side of the world. If you could have some decency, put us at 4.45, give us the your away leg. I want both games on at the same time, though, personally. The Inter and... Yeah, I think just games. in terms of the players' nerves, I think it would be good taking off the, the Milano and Inter hat here, but looking from a neutral point of view as well. Oh, it'd be unbelievable. It'd be unbelievable to have both games and on also, at the same time. I mean, if you're wanting to look back on this as a moment in, like, 10 years' time, for example... Yeah. I mean, the reason I'm thinking of this is because it's obviously the 10-year anniversary of the 2011-12 yes. Premier League season yeah. and... of United and City were level on points that day, but still the reason that moment is remembered so fondly as it is because the games were played at the same yeah. time and United finished slightly earlier. There were extenuating circumstances that led the City game to go into more yeah. stoppage time. But, like, if you're playing the game separately and, for example, if Milan, play, you know, AC Milan mm. play first and they've already wrapped it up, well, then Inter's game is, is boring as all, as all yeah, buggery. Yeah, well, it's interesting because John Aloisi was actually talking about simultaneous kickoffs. Cause we asked him this in his press conference the other week about, it was before the Adelaide United game, and we asked him, similar to the title race down here, would you prefer simultaneous kickoffs or when you were a player or as a coach or would you rather the game spread out? And he was talking about simultaneous kickoffs when he was a player. And he said, it's this unreal feeling like when you're a player and you don't have like a phone or, you know, anything in front of you, but yeah. you hear the murmurs, you know, you hear it, you hear the chant, the, the, the crowd starts to arise when a result's going your way, if it's a relegation battle. Yeah, wasn't, wasn't there that race. big cheer in uh, either United or City when they thought like they'd gotten like yeah. a false rumour yeah. or something yeah. of a goal? and it's happened, you, you've seen it, like the amount of relegation battles there's been in the Premier yeah. League and other leagues where you see it go right down to the final day. 
and you've got, you know, the, say, for instance, like I think about from when I was a Wigan supporter and, you know, seeing those, I'll never forget 2011 final day, you know, and Wigan stayed up against yeah. Stoke and you're hearing results from Bolton, you know, they're, they're, and Blackpool as well who were battling and you're watching it on TV and you just hear this, yeah, and yeah. then like the commentator go, well... It looks like there's a goal, like, you know, like, and you see the live table come up. It's exciting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, think, I can't wait for it. Yeah, and I, th I think to prioritise the, the ratings this time around to go for that sort of split to get more eyeballs, I think that's short-term thinking. Very much short-term short -term thinking. thinking. I mean, like, yeah, some extra ratings w would be good when it comes to broadcast deal time, potentially, but you've also got to keep, and I hate using this word, but I've got to use it, you've got to keep the legacy of the competition yeah. in mind. And, like, we're talking about a a Serie A, a league here that has not had a lot of competitive title races over the last decade. So yeah. to have that memory and also the relegation battles mixed in with that too, um, then you create something that people can look back on whether it ended well for them or not as a really special moment. And yeah. does the Italian league have a lot of that to call on in the last we, sort of decade? We it does historically, but... We haven't had a title race like this in a very long time. Yeah. Not not one that I can just think of at the top of my memory. I think it goes back to maybe like 2009, 2010, like yeah. when Inter won it back then. But Juve, none of Juve's went to the final day. It was always decided long before that. Like there were times when it was looking close, when Napoli or Roma were testing, but never got to that. Mm. Last season, it was decided weeks before that Inter had won the league. This season, though, it, is, it, it couldn't be scripted any better, though. You've got the two Milan teams, like, going for it on the final day. And there's so much riding on this because you think about context, and we spoke about historical results this season, and we spoke about the permutations of individual moments, how it could have swung in roundabouts if it happened. You know, we speak of the Radu mistake, we think about the Tatarashano penalty save in the derby, we think about how Inter led in the second derby at half time, they were up 1-0 and Milan came back and won 2-1. There's a lot of things that, you know, when we look back on this, say even Milan, say Milan draw and Inter wins and we go back on the head-to-head -head and we think that penalty save from Tatrashanu or that mistake from Radu cost them, you know, the, the league. Yeah. Cost them the title, cost Inter a treble. I mean, they've won the Supercoppa, they've won the Coppa Italia. Like, there's the motivation to, mm, to win the Italian treble. 100%. There's a lot riding. I, I honestly can't wait. I want I want the drama. Yeah. I want it to go right when, to it. When, you, when you're an old man, when you're an old man one day, Nick, and, and you want to watch the season 2021-22 documentary, what documentary or, or just what documentary ending do you want? Do you want this massive drama, everything all is decided simultaneously at the final yeah. moment? Or do you want, oh, by the way, at the end... Uh, Interchoked it before Milan played, so their title was guaranteed. Like well, that's that's not a satisfying documentary ending yeah. at all. Well, look, last season. I'm just going back to last season. I just want to see if I can find if they had simultaneous kickoffs because last season on the final day, Milan played Atalanta, and that was for a Champions League spot. Now I'm going to go back into the archives, and I'm just going to see if we had a similar situation where we had the simultaneous kickoffs. So. We obviously had, I know we did. We had six simultaneous kickoffs. Milan playing Atalanta that season, where, for context again, Atalanta and Milan were both battling for Champions League. This is the 2020 21 season. So Milan had to win. Juve had to win. Napoli had to win. Look at how it ended in the end 79, 78, 78, 77 between those yeah, three no, teams. Yeah, I remember that. And you had on that final day Napoli, Milan, Juve. 
all playing at the same time. And Atalanta, of course, as well, playing against Milan. And all these kickoffs were at 4.45am. So the City R organisers, look at how successful last year was. I know people couldn't go to games last season. It was very different for a viewer spectacle. But come on, like... How awesome would it be, you know, having the away Milan fans in, in Reggio Emilia at the Sassuolo game going bonkers when they find out if Antonio Candreva scores an absolute worldie. <laughs> or you have the Inter fans finding out that Scamacca scored a worldie at the other stadium and there's this yeah. sense of nerves that's, that's going around. It would make for great TV. You can go, we're at a, a technological stage where you can split screen. You can have on the big tally, you can have one game and on the laptop, you can have the other in the words of Barry Glendening. We don't need to have these at different times. So you know what? Give me the simultaneous kickoffs. Give it to me. I want to see it in the words. I'm not going to say I want to see the baby because it's not a baby, but I want to see this on the final day. And hopefully as well, it's the same with the relegation battle too. Like, yeah. And that's really interesting as well because having a look over at um, Cagliari play Venezia. Yes, on the final and Venezia day. are down. Yeah, so that's... That's a really interesting one because it, it's one of those results we've seen it happen mm. in years gone by where you don't know what's going to happen. Like that you, you either get that, you know, you get one or the other here. Mm. You either get the relegated team who's like, oh, what's the point? You know, you'll wheel out for one final game, get beat 2-0. Oh, hooray, Cagliari is safe. Well done to you guys. Off yeah. to Serie B we go. Or you get that galvanised, already relegated team who go, if I'm going down, yeah. You are coming down <laughs> coming with, with me. He just grabs Gallery by the collar and pulls, pulls him, down him down to the second division. Yeah. Now, the situation is, I believe Genoa can stay up with the weirdest of formulas. Now, Salernitana, obviously, they win, they're safe. So, okay, let me have a look how this has to work. So, basically... Because this isn't updated. I think Genoa might actually now officially be relegated. I'm just trying to find the exact... Because I saw Adriano, FNR alum, put up the permutations before the Inter game. So, yep, okay. Yep, Genoa have officially been relegated. So, that's done. They can't stay up on head-to-head. Um, because of their results against yes, Salernitana. Salernitana. Yeah. So, Cagliari have to beat Venezia to stay up. And Salernitana have to lose against Udinese. Salernitana, now I'm just going to double-check their head-to-head with Cagliari because they drew with them last week. All they need, they actually, actually, no, sorry, if they draw and Cagliari wins, Cagliari stays up. Because of head-to-head. Because wow. Cagliari scored an equaliser against Salernitana last week in the 99th minute. Had they not done that, it could have been very different. It could have gone down a goal difference. So Salernitana, need, they need to win. They need to win. Against and this would be one of the great survival stories if they <laughs> That's stay up. That's incredible. So that is incredible. they are at home against Udinese. They need three points. It's going to be crazy. But imagine separating those games. That would just be so boring. So if they just, played at the same time, that would be incredible ent- yeah. entertainment value. So just to run your eye just quickly before we go to a break and touch on some other the other stuff that's going on. Uh, in fifth, we've got Lazio, Roma, Lazio fifth, Roma sixth, Fiorentina seventh and Atalanta eighth. They're all in the battle for Europa League and Conference League spots at the moment. Uh, Lazio play Juve tomorrow. That's this round's match. And then they play in the last game, Hellas Verona at home, which is not an easy game. No. Roma, they drew with Venezia with 46 shots on goal <laughs> to three. And it was 1-1. Um, they play Torino away. No um, wonder I'm wearing their shirt. Yeah. The XG Kings. Roma um, 
play against against Torino. Not an easy game on the road for them. Fiorentina in action tomorrow against Sampdoria away. Sampdoria who are now safe. But Fiorentina on the last game, they play Juve. This is Vlaovic's homecoming. Is he going to start? Well, Juve's not playing for anything now because their season's mm. done. But, I mean, you've got to play him. You'd think so. Under they didn't have a handshake deal or anything, did they? Like you can't play him. It's just, you know, sort of like well, gonna have lone as, players as can't play against their parent club. Well, it's like, well, we've given him to you. Surely don't use him against us. To quote Ante Jukic, it's Serbian Piotek against actual Piotek this weekend <laughs> as well. So it, maybe they're not allowed to play because it's like you know they're the same person. Just with the combined power of those two players would just it would destroy both like a teams black hole. That a black hole of would, attack, you know, with both those teams. But yeah. nonetheless. Stay tuned for next week. Keep an eye out when the, the fixtures get released um, and the times and everything for next week. It's going to be a ripper. Uh, can't wait for it. Milan taking on Sassuolo away. Inter against Sampdoria. Title race comes down to this. Lockie, let's take a quick break. Other side of this, we'll go into the Premier League. We've got to wrap up Well, quite speaking quickly. of exciting title races. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We've got the Prem. Uh, and then also as well, we'll talk a bit of Scottish football. We've got the Absolutely. Scottish League Cup final this weekend. So it's a Andrew's contractual the job obligation done. for me. Absolutely. But anyways, we're back in just a second here on the Euro Show. Don't go anywhere. Sometimes I feel... I don't know. I don't know. There's not really time to relax and take an espresso for Juventus. You don't have to get that, You don't have to get that, Welcome back to the Euro Show here on FNR for Four Nation Radio. Uh, big show so far. We've gotten into plenty that's going on in Lega Serie A. Missed any of it. Massive title race coming to an end this weekend. Head over to our podcast platform, Spotify, wherever you might get it. Catch up on that. Um, we went through everything. Title race, relegation battle, top four. It's all happening at the moment. We don't usually talk about the Premier Liga on uh, on the Euro yeah, Show. We usually save that for its own program. Usually the, the domain of, of uh, Oscar, Oscar Rutherford. Oscar Rutherford, yeah. But uh, Oscar is uh, taking the week off. He's uh, he's away. He's snowed in, we understand. Not literally. No, no, he's, uh, that would be <laughs> an abnormality in yes, Australia. He's uh, snowed in under work. So uh, we decided we're going to pick the ball, pick up the ball and run with it for this week and go. Well, we kind of have to, given yes. how good. Even if there was an EPL show on this yes. week, I reckon we would have we, to steal the We have to talk about points. it because last night I was going to bed and I started, my phone started vibrating and it was the Athman. Yeah. And Athos Syrianos, former FNR, you know, employee who stood in this seat or stood in this position ready many, many he times. He was more of a sitter traditionally, but I'll run with it. Yep. Um, who used to remind us what the time was. Plenty, plenty of times. Yes. Um, get a message talking about Jared Bowen has scored for West Ham. And I thought, there's no way West Ham's winning. Check my phone. I'm like, oh, my God. They were. Then they weren't just up 1-0. They are up 2-0. And in the end, well, it ended 2-2. Now, Mikel Antonio had a great chance to make it 3-1. Didn't take it. City go back up the other way, score. It means that the title race is still alive. Barring Liverpool needs to win against their feeder club on Wednesday, Southampton on the road. Now, if history has served us correctly, when Liverpool have to go away for a midweek fixture on the second last game of the season, 
where they have to win to stay alive, they tend to lose. It's a one-time sample size thinking back to Dwight Gale for Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace yeah. coming back from 2-0 down and knocking them off at Selhurst. I don't see that happening, that Liverpool's going to drop the bag. I see it's mm. going to the final day. I think but so. All I've got to say is I'm really sorry to all Liverpool fans saying this, but my God, wouldn't it be... I don't even want to say hilarious, but it would be kind of sad if it happened again for Liverpool fans. If again... Again, uh, it would it would be sad, but it's just. But they've won everything else, basically, you know. Yeah, but it's just it's just such a such a different Liverpool team to that the one that that committed that atrocity. That was a likable Liverpool team. It was likable, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, who wanted City that City team to win again? Like Liverpool hadn't won anything. No, in years. that's true. But like this, this is a completely different. This Liverpool side is a completely different beast. Like these guys are they are winners now. Like they are. Serial winners, pretty yeah. much. Um, I think they're going to have the, um, you know, they're, they're going to have the John Stones to uh, hold on to, you know, the John Stones to victory like at, um, you know, against Southampton. I like that, which one. sets us up for a final day where there will be guaranteed simulcast, mm. simultaneous kickoffs in every game, yeah, and potentially, barring that Southampton result for Liverpool, one point separating first and second. Not only that, Nick Tabano, we're going to have potentially as well, depending on the outcome of Arsenal taking on Newcastle. They play away. Tomorrow mid- morning. Yeah, tomorrow morning at St. James's Park, which is a very difficult game for Arsenal. They do currently have the one point or they've got the game in hand yep. over Tottenham. So they could restore their one point lead ahead of yep. Spurs. It's a tough game. But if, it, if they do get the result between third and fourth, we have a one-point gap. Well, third and fifth, it's sorry a, between between fourth third, and fourth and fifth. We would between have between third one. and fifth. It's a two-point gap in that case. Chelsea could still drop out. I guess that's true. Chelsea isn't it? are playing their second last game against Leicester Can on you Friday. It would be bloody Can hilarious. Can you imagine? So, this is how the, the this is how the landscape looks right now. As you said, Liverpool needs to win a draw. Well. They're going to need a miracle on the final day. They're going to need a big win in Aston Villa to win big as well. Well, a win. Stevie G could do it. He could pull yeah, it out of the well, bag for them. Well, yeah, of course. Uh, but, like, you know, <laughs> Liverpool, they need to win. And yeah, it's simple. 100%. Get the job done at St. James's Park. Send it to the final day. Anything can happen on the final day. Chelsea, as mentioned, they play Leicester. And then they play Watford at home on the final day. Watford are already relegated. As you mentioned, Lockie, relegated teams sometimes like to... You know, throw a bit of a spanner in the works. Imagine if Chelsea lost that game in hand and Tottenham and Arsenal. Arsenal. It would be great. Don Gonte and uh, Mikel. Yeah, I mean, this is the question that I wanted to put to you, Nick. With potentially one point separating first and second, one point potentially uh, separating a team who could be relegated, Mm -hmm. like a Leeds or an Everton and a Burnley, for example, there's still some catch-up games to be played there. And then those three London teams or three of the London teams duking it out for the final two Champions League places. Have I don't think we've had a final day in England as captivating as this one since, since 2012. Like, is this yeah. the best one since well, 2011? In 2019, Liverpool and City went to the final day, but I remember City were playing Brighton. and Liverpool Yeah, they, playing st- they had a 4-1 they, win. They, they steamrolled yeah. them. And but, there was a one-point gap between Spurs and Arsenal, but it, yeah. just, it wasn't, wasn't the same. Nah, look... You know what? We're forgetting as well. United and West Ham are only separated by two points between sixth and seventh. Mm. And imagine if United made the Conference League instead of the Europa League. Be funny. 
imagine the hammers again. The best outcome, uh, the best um, outcome, Nick. Always the funniest. It's always comedy. So on the final day, this is what we're looking at: Chelsea against Watford, Arsenal. Should they beat Newcastle tomorrow? They'll be in fourth. Everton, though. Playing the Evertonians, who are desperate. That is such a hard game. Well, Everton could be safe by then. That's true. The hope is for Arsenal fans, such as yourself, that Everton are safe by then. And obviously, Tottenham, they are in action against Norwich away. And Norwich are bottom. They're relegated. They're done. Tottenham should win that game. United and West Ham, we mentioned, they're battling for their own little prize. United, uh, West Ham go to Brighton. And United go to Crystal Palace. Now, down the bottom, so you've got Burnley on 34 points inside the relegation zone. Leeds on 35. They've played one extra game. And Everton on 36. They've got a game in hand on Leeds as well. So Everton play Palace on Friday. Then Arsenal. That game against Palace is at home. Burnley plays Aston Villa on Friday. Aston Villa has a massive say in how everything goes here. And then obviously on the final day, uh, Leeds play Brentford away. And Burnley are in action against, where are you, Burnley? Where'd you go? Newcastle. So this is going to be big. Lockie. I, I genuinely, like, I genuinely yeah. do not think you could have scripted a better finish. this set of outcomes better. The fact that... Unless you had the two bottom teams in the relegation zone still alive as well. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's true. But, like, not just the, the, the infinitesimal gaps that could exist between teams in important places. But the fact that Manchester City would have to beat Aston Villa, who are coached by a Liverpool legend. Yeah. Like, if he could, if Steven Gerrard could pull that out of the bag and It'd get the amazing. result against Man City to give Liverpool the amazing. title, that would be one of the most incredible stories you know, in years. You know what the only crap thing is, Lockie, is that... If you're a football fan on Monday morning and you have to decide between the two title races, this is at 1am and the potential City our title race will be at 4.45. That's probably the reason why they won't want to go head-to-head with the Premier League. You're thinking about going head-to-head. You won't want to go head-to-head with the Premier League for eyeballs. What do you do as a football fan? If you're a neutral, okay, you're a neutral and you have the choice, okay, I can either stay up till 3am and get through the Premier League slate or I could get some sleep wake up at five oh, okay. and watch the city out so, so it basically pretty much boils down to how many screens do you have available? Yeah. Uh, you know, go through your cupboard, you know, check the, if there, is there an iPod Touch, an iPod Nano. Pull out the old... An iPad, maybe? Maybe have a Nokia. Yeah. I don't know so if a Nokia so the first You step, might even have the fridge. You the, know the fridge, how they show the, the yes, TV on the Yes, the first fridge. step in this decision process is to work out how many screens you have available. If you've got two, you're probably going the most important game from each of the title races. Yeah. So Milan against Sassuolo and Man City against Aston Villa. If you want to pick one. So you're each. going no spoilers route? With the city because they're not playing at the same Actually, time. I'm probably probably going on to Optus and putting on Goal Rush. Can you watch Goal Rush on replay? Oh, wait, no. Are, are we talking about live though? Yeah, but you can't watch them both live because the city our title race, the city our games won't start till four forty five. Premier League's at one. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant they were all happening at the no, same time. No, no. Well, then you have a lot of coffee. Yeah, you have to have a lot then of coffee and just hope for the best. Or sleep, like sleep until one a.m. Get up, then go back to sleep for two hours. Get back up again. And just put your body through torture and go to work the next day and hope for the best. Oh, my God. I just realised as well, there's Formula 1 at 5.30 as well. Well, I mean, if you want to run the gauntlet, like, 
you can have triple screen. Wait, no, sorry, on it's, it's at eleven p.m. So oh, wow, I'll tell you what, what a night that is. The Spanish Formula GP, one. eleven p.m., and then rolling into the Premier League at one, and then if you can if you can withstand that sort of hour and forty five minute gap, you've got the Serie A title race following up. And let me just, so just uh, punch check. out the caffeine. Let me check what else is on that and night because I get a feeling. Pay the another. price with your body later. Well, there's no like early kickoffs with uh, I don't believe with any like playoff games with the lower leagues. Oh well, I mean if you want, Sunderland's playing Wickham Wanderers. Wait, no, that's the night before. That's 12 a.m. Sunday morning. Anyways, don't worry, that's the League One playoff final. But anyways, um, not for me, Jeff. Not for me. Lockie, let's go bold between the two title races before we get into Scotland. Who wins the titles? And every other one. I'll I'll go first if you're still umming and ahhing. Okay. Salernitana survive. Yep. Wow, Milan that, is wins. A, that is a very big call, actually. Milan wins the Scudetto. They yeah. they, they get the job done. Okay. The fairy tale is complete. In the Premier League, <sighs> City wins just, mm. but it, there's a scare. Second, Liverpool. Third, Chelsea. Fourth, Arsenal. Fifth, Tottenham. Okay, okay. Relegation, the team that joins them, Burnley. Ooh. Burnley finally go That's down. Okay, so we're going to have a bit, little bit of... Oh, and, and Manchester United don't make the Europa League. They've, right. they've finished conference league. We're, well. we're going to have a little bit of difference in here. Okay, so on the basis that I don't want to get thrown out the uh, the 15-storey window that's behind us, podcast listeners in our recording room, there's a window right behind mm. us. Uh, Serie A title race, I'm going to say Milan are the victors yeah. uh, of that particular one. Um no confirmation as to whether I meant AC or Inter, but anyway. Moving swiftly along. I think Cagliari stay are going to stay up. Wow. And get, get there over the line on head-to-head yep. after Salernitana draw with Udinese. That would be really, okay. really sad. And then in England, I, I do think that Manchester City are, are going to get it done. Mm-hmm. I think that the final two Champions League spots will go to... Chelsea and Spurs. I think. Not backing uh, in the I lads. think. I think. I just can't see Arsenal extracting maximum points from both the games. If if I mean Newcastle away last home game of the season is so so difficult. We've seen Arsenal struggle at Newcastle yeah. uh, previously. Um, although it, also they have gone there in years gone by and gotten a result. But the other thing is. If Everton is still a chance of relegation on the final day, that's going to be such a hard game. I yep. just don't know if they can extract six points from both of those games, okay. which is what they need. And then relegation, I really hate to say this. Leeds. I really hate to say this, but I think Burnley are going to survive. Wow. I, th- I think they're going to do it, and I think Leeds are going to go down. Wow. And I do not like to say that, but no, I just neither. I just have this this unshaking or Itch. unshakable feeling that Burnley oh. are just going to get there. Mm. They're just going to bleep house their way over the line, and that'll be enough. Lockie, before we go, because we're, we're about oh, to run out. United Conference League yeah. as well. Um, Scottish League Cup final. Also, congratulations to Ange Postacoglu for wrapping yep. up the Scottish Premier League title. Fantastic effort. Got the job done in midweek. Fantastic scenes on the weekend as well in their last game of the season against Motherwell. Yeah. I mean, I nearly cried listening to Ange, yeah. and I'm, I'm, I'm a Hearts fan. fan so. I hate Celtics. Our Hearts going to get the job done. Or will Rangers potentially do a double this week and win the Europa League and win the Scottish League Cup as well? Okay, this has been really conflicting for me because obviously on the one hand, I want Rangers to lose at every available opportunity uh, with respect to the Europa League final. But on the other hand, 
I'm all for the advancement of the, the global brand that is Scottish football. So I really don't know which option I want more here. I probably want, from a Hearts perspective exclusively, I probably want Rangers to win the Europa League wow. against Eintracht Frankfurt because they on will... On the basis that you win? On the basis that they will spend the next three days partying like madmen, hopefully, hopefully, and then Hearts can get the job done. Uh, can get the job done in the Scottish Cup final on Saturday. I hope it goes to extra time or penalty and penalties and Rangers somehow manage to pull it off. Um, good for them, you know, woohoo yeah. for Scottish football. And then Hearts just, you know, can can waltz through and get the Scottish Cup you on, on the uh, on the Saturday. Lockie, uh, I'm saying Hearts are going to win it. Hearts are going to win the I Scottish so. League Cup well, final. And I'm going to say Eintracht Frankfurt winning the Bit, of, bit of superstition. Hearts, uh, sorry, Liverpool, 2006, yep. won the FA Cup yep. on penalties. Yep. Same year, Hearts won the Scottish Cup on penalties in 2006. So you're saying Lightning might strike twice? Well, Liverpool have won, 2022, Liverpool have won the, the FA Cup on penalties. Who knows what's going to happen this we Saturday? We shall I'm see. Not, I'm not casting it back next week, it's going to be crazy. We could have two... It's a silverware between us. Man, this this show will, will peak oh, next will. Monday if that it is will. what it happens. It will be fantastic. So make the sure your swagger in this room oh, is going to mate, be uncontrollable. Be unbelievable, unbelievable scenes. But anyways, Lockie, it's time for us to say goodbye. Uh, miss any of the show? Head over to our podcast platforms. Uh, catch up with all of that. Uh, plenty we touched on throughout the, the show. All sorts of the title race news. Premier League, Serie A. Scottish League Cup final. To be honest, we couldn't get through everything tonight, um, but we'll get through more of it hopefully next week when we know more about who's come out on top in the respective leagues and cup finals and everything else. But uh, stay tuned. Just around the corner in a few minutes' time, Paco Radio airing at a special time, 7pm tonight here on FNR Football Nation Radio. Mm. Uh, we've got a few special guests joining us. Don't want to miss this one. You really don't yeah. want to miss I mean, the stories show. we had come out of, of last week's Paco Radio with Alex Cobo and his journey. Well, yep. awesome. So I'm looking forward to what uh, what narratives you can yep. unearth this week, Nick. So we've got Lou Toner back in the studio this week, along with Pepe Kolakowski. You might remember that, might know that last yeah. name. They might, Rings might a bell. ring a bell. Along with Nick Katsis as well. They are three of the longest-serving members of the Pasco Vale Football Club. Plenty of stories, plenty to get through, so we'll get into that in a few minutes' time. But for myself, Nick Tabano, Lockie Flanagan, enjoy the final week of European football, guys, from a league perspective, and uh, we'll be back again next Monday to bring you all the review, all the excitement. It could be a very sad show. It could be a very happy show. <laughs> it will be a very tired show as well. Oh, mate, I'm feeling it right we will now. We'll do our best. We'll, we'll get through it. We'll but anyways, we'll be back again next Monday. But for Nick and Lockie, it's goodbye for now. Sometimes I feel, I don't know, I don't know. There's not really time to relax and take an espresso for Juventus. <laughs> you don't have to get a bad You don't have to get a bad Attaccare!